This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to Tigers in 20, a Go Tigers 247 audio podcast. Your one-stop shop for all things University of Memphis Tigers athletics. Here are your hosts, founder of Go Tigers 247, Brooks Hansen, and lead writer for Go Tigers 247, Christian Fowler. What's up, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode. I'm your host, Christian Fowler, and joining me as always is Go Tigers 247 founder, Brooks Hansen, and Go Tigers 247 digital content creator, Kenny Stubblefield. Hey, and this we is are... our second episode, Christian. Yeah, yeah, this week's second episode. Yes, as not as this I. Week. <laughs> As I was saying that, I was like, yeah, this is already the second episode of the week. Y'all don't get um, too freaked out, but y'all are about to get some podcasts. Oh, yeah. I think we did three last week and two this week, so they're coming out in droves. But we are recording this on Thursday afternoon. Uh, last night, Wednesday night, Memphis defeated Arkansas State by 29 points to improve to 2-2 two and two on the season after what Brooks called multiple times the debacle in South Dakota last week. So, Brooks, as I just mentioned, 29-point victory. Some good signs, some bad signs. What did you think about Memphis's win on Wednesday night? There's nothing we can take away from it. I mean, let's just be honest and call it what it is. That's a game to get reacquainted to the idea of scoring some points, winning a ball game, help these guys have, have a little fun and fall back in love with playing basketball. Because I'll be honest, just watching those guys in South Dakota and from talking to some people – it's very obvious that there are multiple players on this team that just are – they're struggling to find uh, a rhythm, struggling to find that passion and love for the game of basketball, and it's early in the season. And, I mean, that's that's troubling. So you, you want – all you wanted from last night is for guys to go out there, have some fun, uh, try to show continued improvement on defense by adding layers to it. I mean, Memphis is half-court – uh, you know, defense is is solid, but they added kind of a run and jump element that pressing, trapping, uh, and it did cause some some issues for Arkansas State. But Arkansas State is not VCU. They're not uh, Western Kentucky. They're not St. Mary's. That press, while effective last night, will need some work in order for it to be effective against other teams. The good news for Memphis, though, is it's designed to pick up pace. And when the other team starts picking up pace and you fall back into a shell defense where you're you're getting down in a guarding position, switching screens, which Memphis can do on everything, and trying to create bad shots for the other team, you're doing that to make those shots come earlier in the shot clock to increase the number of possessions that you have. Memphis's number of possessions and shots fell over 10% uh, from St. Mary's to VCU. That's a big problem. So Memphis needs more shots, and one of the ways they can get that is by that you know, run and jump trapping press. So uh, I was encouraged to see that implemented. Um, 
I was a little confused at times because it, it appeared that Memphis went back to their game one offense um, and ran that actually a good bit and did so rather successfully when they set set it up. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm really intrigued to see how Memphis settles in on offense, what they choose to do. So those are my initial thoughts, and we can get get deeper into that stuff. But I'll let you guys talk for a minute. So Kenny, you have anything from from last night? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that this is you know, you don't look at this game and the, sc- the final score as a a sign of of I guess health on the team in terms of of where they're at. Um, I mean, Arkansas State is 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 who we thought they were. They're just not a very good team. So you're, you're, you're destined. You the, the Tigers were destined to beat up on them pretty good. Um, you know, there were some things that I, I walked away from um, that game last night. And I think I said this in our group text. Um, I, I like the fact it felt like to me that the Tigers made a concerted effort to f- get better shots to, to, to work the ball around, open passes, make the extra pass to get a more wide-open shot um, through the flow of the offense. Um, to me, the concern that I had was it still felt like that there was a a level of, of disjointedness and maybe even um, th- that it was not – Against Arkansas State, it would work. But when they start getting into tougher teams in the American Conference, they're going to have to be better all the way around. Um, they're going to have to hit the shots that they got. Um, you, you notice they got better shots, but they missed a lot of them. And and so there's a, one of the positive takeaways is that there definitely seemed to be a more concerted effort to get better shots. The negative is that they just didn't hit them. And um, I'm thinking specifically about two players, um, and that's DJ and Lester. Um, Lester hit a few corner three-pointers. Um, I think one in the first half, one in the second half. Um, and, but again, DJ just struggled. Um, his jumper is not not good right now and so um i really don't know what where what's going on with him um it doesn't look like it's a it doesn't look like it's a you know just need to get his feet wet thing anymore it's a it seems to be bigger than that so uh, brooks what are your what are your thoughts on that well one thing that i find interesting is penny leading up to this game post sioux falls debacle uh penny multiple times talked about Reemphasizing toughness, defense, uh, playing hard, and and doing those things in practice. From speaking to multiple people, uh, the focus this week has been heavily on defense. And for me, there there comes a point where you can only focus on defense to try to generate your offense so much before you come to a point of diminishing returns. Um. You can only get so good at your defense um, in practice scenarios. Offense comes through repetition. Offense comes through getting up shots. And it's obvious to me from watching some of this that Memphis needs more time 
on offense. They need more guys spending extra time in the gym getting up shots. DJ Jeffries it will shoot himself out of a slump. Lester Quinones will shoot himself out of a slump if they're spending time in the gym getting up shots. If if they continue struggling, they're not spending that time, and you can book that. And that's from somebody who who knows what it's like to get in a gym and get up shots. And we're not just talking about practice time. We're talking about post-practice, on your own, getting into the gym. One of the things that I remember about um, about last year, when Boogie was having such a struggle in the beginning part of the year, one of the things that Penny came out and said is, we've almost got to kick Boogie out of the gym because he's just in there working so hard. And what did you see? You saw him you know, eventually get out of that slump. If if these things don't change with Lester and Boogie, I mean Lester and DJ, I think that as a you know fans of the Tigers that are listening to this podcast need to start asking the question of what are they doing outside of practice time because there's only a limited amount of time the Tigers can practice together. What are you doing in the gym? Are you are you a gym rat? Are you in the gym on a daily basis, post-practice, working with the gun by yourself? John Calipari, dating back to his days at Memphis, he used to talk about guys that lived in the gym, talking about having to go in the gym and force Derrick Rose to shutting off the lights and he would still shoot in the dark. Tyreek Evans, same thing. And that kind of became his mantra in recruiting going after guys who are just obsessed with their craft. And this isn't a knock on Lester or DJ. So if if you are a friend of one of those guys or you know if, if you are one of those guys, don't take it as a knock. Use it as motivation. Um, you know this this isn't about saying that you know you, I can do something that you can't. This is about saying that that work, that the, the hard work, the practice work, is what results in the dividends on the court. Um, so, yeah. So, Christian, what Damn. you got? We're, we're 10 minutes in this podcast, and y'all haven't let me talk yet. So Let's I go. Guess, <laughs> I guess we don't want to hear what I have to say today. Get no, it, Christian. Uh, uh, I want to go back to something that Brooks said in his first analysis, because I think this is something that I noticed pretty early on last night. Brooks, you said that, first off, this isn't a game where we're going to learn a lot about what this team is going to be moving forward. Completely agree with that point. I think that's something that we talked about in the podcast earlier this week is that a game against a bad team is not going to let us know where this team stands moving forward. But another thing you said is that some of these guys look like they've lost the love for the game and, and you can see that in effort and energy on the floor. Well, on Wednesday night against Arkansas State, the way that defense played in the first First half, for the most part, they were playing inspired defense. I mean, Damian Ball was running up and down the floor. There was at one point where he was going to inbound the ball, and he was, you know, he had his hands on his knees because he had been nonstop for like four possessions in a row. And that's what you want to see. Like we said, you're not going to learn anything necessarily about this team moving forward from an offensive and defensive perspective because they are playing against a bad team. But from an energy and love of the game level and uh, just a pride level, those are the things you can take away from this game. And the way that they played last night, especially on the defensive end, is a good sign because they didn't just fold and, and say, okay, we're going to beat this team anyway. We're not going to play hard. They really did play their ass. 
off on defense and they were running up and down trying to force turnovers. So to me, that was the most encouraging thing uh, from from that standpoint. Uh, you guys mentioned some struggles. Uh, DJ struggling again. It's it's hard to watch, especially with the high hopes that not only the staff and the fans, but we we've been talking DJ up for some time now. You're gonna have to eat some crow about DJ. Yeah, so to see him struggle has been tough. Uh, me, you know, me and Kenny have been close with DJ for a while now, so tough to see him struggle. Uh, it, it it's obviously a tough thing to watch, tough thing for him and the staff. I, I think you guys made a perfect point. If he continues to, or if he goes into the gym and stays in the gym, that he will get himself out of that slump. Um, and it's necessary. This team needs DJ to be a 15 to 20 point a night scorer for them to be at max potential on the offensive end of the floor. They need an efficient 15 to 20. That's exactly, exactly. Not, not, not the VCU six of 15. They need DJ last year. I mean, you think back to the Bahamas last year and I know we're talking about bad teams and those were really bad teams, but he was shooting 60% from the floor. And then in the regular season was shooting upwards of, I believe 40% from the floor. I think he shot around 45% from the floor last year in his 19 games. So that's the DJ Jeffries you need. The efficient plays defense, rebounds the ball, gets 15 to 20 points a night. That's exactly what you need from him. So that that's definitely something to monitor moving forward. Last night, he didn't even make an impact on the boards, only one rebound. At least in the games before that, when he was struggling on offense, he was making an impact. And one more thing uh, from me as far as last night, uh, Brooks, you, you were on the uh, the media availability after the game, and I asked Musa about his comfortability level, where he'd come in game one to four, and how was it starting to slow down for him. And he said, I'm just going to be straight up. I got my ass kicked in South Dakota. And he, he played much more physical on Wednesday night. Once again, this is a team that had no bigs. They were very small. That's why Memphis out-rebounded them so bad. Musa finished the game with 14 and 10. But... I think in those first three games, he was kind of shying away from those matchups. He didn't want to go bang down low. And on Wednesday night against Arkansas State, he looked much more physical, much more aggressive. Those are good signs. I want to see him do it against good competition and against bigger bigs. Uh, but that that is something I'll be monitoring going forward. And then Penny said something about Musa as well, and I thought this was very telling of the kind of player he is. Penny said that Musa told him uh, going into this game, don't draw any offensive plays from me. Let me set screens, let me defend, let me block shots, let me rebound. I don't need any offensive plays. Let's just go play ball. And he said he cried like a baby after the South Dakota game because he felt like he let the team and the fans down. So that's the kind of dude you want on your team. If Moose is willing to put in the work, we know he's only 18 years old. He's young. He's supposed to be a senior in high school right now. If he continues to put in that work, continues to use that drive and uh, and play physical and aggressive like he did last night, he's going to be just fine moving forward. Yeah, I was more encouraged by Musa's post-game comments than I was about Musa's game. Um, he did play well. I mean, you saw things, but again, you're not going to see things in the Arkansas State game from Musa that's going to make you go, oh, okay, because Arkansas State just didn't have anybody that could match up with Musa. But it was the post-game comments that I saw that I was like, he gets it. And and there's a level of, of self-awareness about how – the Sioux Falls tournament went those three games, um, what it's like to play against, you know, NBA lottery, potential lottery picks and Charles Bassey. Um, and, and there seems to be a level of just self-awareness there from him. And I, I appreciated the, 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 the things that he said post game, because it made me, it, it made me go, Musa gets it. And 
I can tell you already that this guy is going to be grinding his off to get better every game. Every time he gets a chance to get in the game, on the practice floor, um, outside of practice just by himself, he is going to be working his tail off. And I was I was impressed by that. So some quick hitters from me. Uh, Christian, do you know the stat keepers for last night? The people keeping the box score. Were they sitting up top with y'all? Because they're apparently blind. Ahmad Rand played seven minutes, but I swear on my life, and I have not had a chance to go back and rewatch the game, but I'm like 99% sure he had at least three blocks, if not more. I think there was one where it was like a quasi-deflection that the announcers weren't even sure whether or not it was a block or just a bad shot. Y'all disagree? I mean, it felt like... I thought he, I thought he had at least one or two blocks. Well, um, they have him officially in the books with, with seven minutes, seven minutes, zero points, three re- rebounds, one block. He had more uh, than one by far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but all that to say, I was encouraged by what I saw from Ahmad Rand. I, I think he gives this team something. I think he's a body that they can actually see meaningful minutes from. Uh, so tomorrow night against Central um, Alabama. Arkansas. Arkansas. I mean, uh, Central Central Arkansas. I'm stuck in my home state. Uh, <laughs> Central Arkansas, what I'm looking for is more comfortable minutes from Ahmad Rand. Would love to see that. Uh, second, Jaden Hardaway is playing his tail off. One, he's, not, he's extremely efficient. He's not Jaden Hardaway of last year. He no. didn't look like he knew what he was doing last year. He couldn't even dribble the ball barely last year. That's not him this year. He worked his ass off, obviously. Exactly. And you can tell he worked his ass off because his body is a completely different player. Yes, he doesn't look like a skinny little boy anymore. Uh, he's playing his tail off. and He's playing hard. He he made a couple moves. Like He had a move, uh, I think it was in the VCU game, where he had a, a baseline drive where he kind of did an up and under and finished lefty. Uh, and it was not not only just a strong drive, but a strong finish through contact. And that's when I knew, like, this kid's he's fighting for playing time. He wants minutes. And I th- I think, and this is just my opinion, from watching him and looking at his efficiency stats, there's no way he doesn't start seeing some level of an expanded role, especially if Lester Quinones and DJ Jeffries and some of Memphis's, you know, kind of go-to guys don't Boogie. start hitting shots. Yeah, I, I was very impressed. And I think I, I kind of feel bad for Jaden because I feel like every time he gets in the game, you have those fans that are going to be like, oh, he's just in the game because he's, he's Penny's, Penny's son. son. Yeah, th- I'm sure there's a ton of those Man, he people can out play. there. Dude, he can he's, play. He's had that. That's been his life, his entire basketball oh, yeah. career. Is yeah. You're, I mean, everybody remembers the Colin Sexton video from the East game that where Colin just came down the floor you're trash. You're trash. Do you remember that video? Have you seen that? I've never seen that. Oh, yeah. Oh, he was talking it. trash to him while they were on the uh, free throw line, looking over at Penny and yelling at Penny. Unreal. He's experienced this his entire career. This is nothing new to Jaden. Yeah, absolutely. But like I said, last year, he really didn't look comfortable. He had a lot of trouble dribbling the ball. We talked about this, I believe, on a podcast or something last year where it felt like every time he got in the game, they pressed him. He didn't know what to do, and he turned the ball over. He looks much more confident this year, much better ball handling. He had a nice reverse layup last night on the drive. Uh, He's a good shooter. 
that which is a good thing for him. He's a good spot up shooter at times. So he, I think you make a good point, Brooks. I don't think there's any way he doesn't get more minutes because he's played very well, especially when you look at Boogie last night, who was uh, you know very very ineffective, didn't make much of an impact on the game, and and Jaden did in the minutes that he got. So I mean, you got to play who's playing well, and Jaden looked really good last night. Let's just talk about possessions here. I mean, let's just we're talking about the need for offensive possessions. Three rebounds, two of them were defensive, one offensive. It gives you another possession. He also had a steal, a block, three assists, and zero turnovers. Huge. Like that's that that stat line in and of itself. He could give you zero points. And if he's doing that level of efficiency with every minute he's playing, man, you got to get that guy on the floor. Well, and one of the things about basketball is that a lot of times you look at the you look at the game and you say, okay, let me look at the stat line. How many how many shots did they shoot? How many buckets did they get? How many rebounds? What turnovers? Those are all incredible things, but those are all things that need to be taken into consideration in terms of playing time. But I would also say that another thing that needs to be taken into consideration is um, how does the ball move when you have it? So, so I'll give you a, for instance, one of the things that I've noticed about Alex as a junior this year, um, Alex Lomax obviously is, he's the Brady white of the basketball team. There's people that love him. There's people that don't like him. Um, and, um, one of the things that I've noticed about Alex is that there are times and, and I think Brooks put out a video yesterday talking about all and I, I hope he does it again because it's it's super dope because i think being able to break down footage and so people can see it on a slow motion way is 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 dope but one of the things you'll notice about alex is that at times when he's breaking somebody down at the top of the key going into the lane to pass the ball out he over dribbles and goes too far down gets himself caught in bad positions there's Part of being a facilitator, part of being a, as you get older and more wise, I think, in your basketball um, abilities is knowing when to pass, how far to to go down into the paint, um, the timing of it. And there was a play last night um, that you can juxtapose with each other. Alex um, going into the lane going too far down, having multiple guys coming down on him and him jumping up, getting hit, passing the ball out. And when you get hit and you're in the air, the pass is going to come out floating a little bit and it's going to be slower, slower, slower. Jaden ran the same play and passed the ball about two steps earlier than Alex did to a wide open Lester in the corner. The pass was on a rope. It was about maybe a second to a second and a half earlier than when Alex did it. And Lester made the shot from the corner. And that second to second and a half is all you need to create that separation on a jumper. That's all you need. And so timing. And so that's one of the things that I've seen with Jaden is, and this is where just being around basketball his entire life, that's a growth thing that I've seen in him is, is the ball doesn't, he's not a black hole with the ball. The ball doesn't stop. It moves when he has it. But there also seems to be, just in last night's game in particular, one of the most encouraging things was not just the no turnovers, the buckets that he made, the rebounds that he got, was that the the timing, the offense seemed to flow a little bit better. Yeah, and one thing that I've really noticed with him is his patience. 
And, and you kind of just mentioned that with his timing. And I think his patience is a big reason for that because he doesn't force anything. He probes a lot, which is something that we've talked about with guys like Josh Minot. They're not going to go force anything. Uh, Jaden's not really a slasher type guard. He's more of a facilitator. He's going to sit back, probe, be patient, and make plays when they're open. So I really like that aspect of his game. And uh, if someone needs to go back and say something about Jaden, they can. But I want to talk about Ahmad because I know Brooks hit on him for a second. I expected him to be way overjuiced and to kind of look out of place last night, and he didn't. He looked pretty comfortable for it being his first uh, Division One collegiate game, so I was impressed by him. He's kind of like a, a bigger Damian Ball. He just runs up and down the floor. He wants to go try to make plays and impact the game. So that was an encouraging sign. Brooks, I know we've said we don't expect many minutes from him and for him to make a minimal impact, but if he can give you – seven to ten minutes a game of good basketball with some rebounds and some shot blocks and maybe a dunk or two that's all you need from him and he looked like he is able to handle that last night in a in a, obviously a small role and in, in his first game but it looks like he he might be able to handle that this year I think five to seven minutes is probably his floor I don't think you'll ever see him and um, you know fingers crossed knock on wood somebody gets injured or potentially foul trouble uh, play more than 18 to 20 minutes in a game. But honestly, his defensive instincts, he was in the right place at the right time. Uh, his timing in terms of contesting shots and help side defense was really, really good. Um, yeah, I think overall, he showed a ton of promise. If you're, if you're just looking for a backup big who can give you some minutes, uh, Memphis has that in him. And uh, so he looked, way, he looked way better than Lance Thomas. I don't, I don't want to. I don't want to go too hard on Lance Thomas, but Ahmad looked a lot better than Lance. Lance has been struggling heavily this year. Well, there, there's a there's something to be said about players who know their role and know what they do well and what they don't do well. And I don't think you'll ever see Ahmad Rand catch the ball from 15 feet on the baseline and shoot a jumper uh, with a man. Feet. You know, 15 to 17, whatever. No, I'm saying he was 15 uh, feet out and shot the jumper 17 feet. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> um, and and that's that jumper right there. That if, if y'all go back and, and watch the game, fast forward to 17 11 in the first half. That's the shot. Uh, I watched it last night, I marked it down. Lance Thomas gets gets the ball. Wide open on the baseline from about 15 feet out, and just whiffs. And that's the kind of shot that this Memphis team has to make. Like for a guy like Lance Thomas, who's supposed to be a, a pretty good shooter, a wide open mid range jump shot is not a horrible shot. And a veteran um, at this point. Exactly. You know, Lester Quinone is opening the game. Memphis, I'm getting off of a mod rant, but I'm going to go on a rant here. Uh, what's new? So Memphis opened the ga- opened the game. They overloaded one side, uh, you know, kind of tricked the defense. It was a zone defense, and then they swung the ball quickly to the opposite play. side of the floor. It was it's beautiful, beautiful, yeah. Swung the ball quickly around the top of the key, got it to a wide open, and I mean, go back and watch it. Wide open. I think the shot came. I mean, it was really quick. It was right off the tip. His defender had a, had one foot in the paint. That's how wide open he was. Yeah, wide open. Lester Quinones from the right side wing, and that's like a shooter spot, and this man airballs it to start the game. 
And I'm just, no matter how much improvement we see from the offense, like how crisp it's being run, they could have it down to a science. They could spend nothing but every minute of practice for the next three weeks on nothing but offense. But if they cannot hit wide open shots, it's all for naught. If DJ Jeffries is not hitting wide open shots, if Lance Thomas is not hitting wide open shots, if Lester Quinones is not hitting wide open shots, just go ahead and chalk it up as an L. Like, chalk it up. Because at some point, the onus comes down to these players. These players were recruited to, to be high-level players, to hit shots. And if you can't do that, it's either going to be an L or you're going to find yourself on the bench, period. Well, to go back to Ahmad Rand for a second, I would say that Ahmad Rand needs to be the poster child for Darby Rich because Ooh, man, that guy Darby's program works, man. Because I, I need that, I need that diet in the uh, program. I need to get jacked up like Ahmad. <laughs> I was like, you know, because when you see him play, when we saw footage of him in the in community college, and even his coach when we interviewed him said it. He needs to be in a place where he can get consistent food and consistent workouts. Because he was what, 180? 180, 180, I think. It wet. Wet. Soaking wet. (laughs) And he's he does not look he does not look skinny anymore at all. And and so big shout out to the Tiger training staff and Darby Rich in particular, man. That their their shit works. Well, what what I want to see from the Tigers uh, training staff is to get a before and after picture and go ahead and put it out there. So if you're listening, please do that for me. I want you to do it on Twitter with that little how it started, how it's going little trend. Please do that because I honestly, I'm I'm impressed. Like I don't think I've seen another player under Darby Rich as impressive as what he's done with uh, Ahmad Rand. So uh, yeah. I think we had a lot of thoughts about a a game that was just meant to be uh, kind of a tune-up. You guys have anything else? I think we've already hit on what we expect to see from Central Arkansas on Friday night. Anything else from you guys? I'm good. I'm good. All right. Well, that's an abrupt wrap. Thank you for listening to Tigers in 20. If you enjoyed this episode, we would love for you to leave a comment and a rating wherever you download your podcasts. If you are interested in daily content all about the University of Memphis athletic program, please hop over to www.gotigers247.com. Articles are uploaded daily, and you can join the Go Tigers 247 family by signing up for the VIP membership for even more behind-the-scenes information. 